Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. And this is Devin Leary. So we are recording on a Sunday, the day before Valentine's Day, February 14th. So you've already been disappointed by the holiday, I'm guessing, or just went right by it and you waved and kept going. But we wanted to cover the holiday for our listeners, talk about the peaks, the valleys. Uh, But first, we have to talk about some headlines. I mean, just to get it out of the way, Kanye West is having an emotional breakdown on Instagram. Over Pim, which is the official couple (laughs) name for Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian. (laughs) That's so cute. It's like the name of an elf. I'm worried about Kanye. It's interesting because Kim started a, a TikTok account with Northwest and he was upset that his child was on TikTok. And... At first, I agreed with Kanye. I was like, I don't think kids should be on TikTok. I do think it's kind of weird that, like, I don't know how old Northwest is, but she's very young to be on TikTok. So I thought I could understand why you wouldn't want your kid on there. I mean, you do allow your kid to be on a reality television show that goes out to billions of viewers. So it's a little weird to draw the line at TikTok. But I definitely was like, oh, I can see that. And Kim was kind of responding saying like well I'm sorry that like I just want to let my daughter have fun and do what she wants like while I'm supervising her and I was judgmental of that but then Azalea Banks posted a story about this an Instagram story and she talked about how Kanye how how Kanye is not getting as much of the blame in this as he should and basically Kim is getting mom shamed when Kanye is also like causing damage like he's publicly stating things about his daughter he's putting stories in the tabloids and he's bringing this drama from their parental relationship out into the public which is really really traumatizing 
And also she she brought up that like this is something that society has trouble with that he might be contributing to the narrative of, which is like a black girl having fun on TikTok is like somehow dangerous or needs to be controlled. So I kind of that made me think twice about it. And yeah, it's like I think we do tend societally to blame the mom and it becomes like, well, she shouldn't have had a kid with this guy if he's so unstable and all this stuff like it's never blamed on the male in the relationship and things really have escalated for the worse. (laughs) Kanye's just been posting and deleting and reposting, which we all have done before in our own little universes. But this one's pretty cuckoo. I mean, he at one point uh, shared fan art of a fake sci-fi movie poster mock-up that sees him and Davidson's face inside of dueling predator heads with the caption Mm -hmm. West versus Davidson. So you saw where I got the teenage girl comparison. It's also like Caroline was saying, oh, he said it wasn't a hacker on his account. It's like if it was a hacker, the photoshopping (laughs) on these posters would be better and the ideas would be better. Like he doesn't try to even come up with some sort of pun to make about it. He's just like West versus Davidson. He does this Captain America Civil War poster and he just puts Civil War Kanye West like. You're not going to try to come up with a better like pun thing. And he's like randomly throwing like square edged photoshopped images of Taylor Swift in the corner. Like this is not a hacker. A hacker would produce much better content. It's true. We did say that his post where it's a screenshot of MGK and Pete Davidson getting in their underwear for a Calvin Klein ad and um, his uh caption that just says no you will never meet my children under it it's actually pretty funny if that was the only one i'd be like that's really funny continue but if he was kidding yeah if he was kidding that would be because a good we know kid. he's funny but it's uh going to a dark place i do feel really bad for kim because she seems like someone who really does just care about being a parent yeah as well as being a billionaire but she also seems about getting in with pete davidson which i respect her for She's doing it out there for the single moms, but I, I feel uh, really bad because I, I just don't know the dynamics of an ex-husband. Like, I can't imagine. We think being single is hard. We think managing that is hard. I can't yeah. imagine having also to be like, well, by the way, my ex-husband also is uh, as a billionaire as well, and um, he's out of his mind. And he's, like, choosing not to take medication and is threatening us. A lot of his, as Pete said once during a weekend update bit, like all of his stuff is like, I'm off my meds. I'm crazy. And Pete's like, take them. Yeah. It's and okay. also don't be an asshole. Oh, I forgot about that bit. And that probably has a bit to do with why he hates Pete so much, because I remember when Kanye came on SNL and wore the MAGA hat and was he did such a funny like takedown of him yeah yeah and he was like it's not an excuse to be an asshole and we all were like embarrassed to be on screen with you so why did you do that yeah and and he said that kanye was saying like no one's letting me wear this hat and he was like he wore it all week yeah (laughs) so that actually was really cool of pete and i can see why this was such a good revenge move for kim and i can see why kanye's ego is extra injured by this and don't mom shame and don't tiktok shame okay okay that's what we want to say. And wait, one more thing. Yeah. You don't got to name your kid Wolf when their siblings already named Stormy. But that's just what happens when 20 year olds have kids. I think naming your children is like getting your first tattoo. You're like, oh, I think yeah. I'll get a wolf. 
Oh, what about like Stormy? Like it's kind of like edgy and dark. And then you grow up and you're like, oh shit, I have this fucking wolf tattoo. I have this fucking Saturn tattoo. I got to get it removed. You end up like me with a like dingy Saturn tattoo for no reason that you want to get like covered that up. One. But you know what I mean? Like it, it's like if I had been a few years younger and a few dollars richer and oh had, yeah, you know I might have I might have a giant wolf tattoo. Sure. That is more permanent because it's actually in the form of an infant that I have to raise forever. Yeah, my thought on children's names is giving them the freedom to be whatever they want when they grow up. So if I name my daughter Meadow for summer, she's going to have to be a slut. (laughs) It's interesting because like it also reminds me of when I had a million toy horses and toy dogs when I was a kid and I had no friends and I just played with them like I remember at one point I had like this toy dog and I was like I'm gonna name him limited too because like I loved shopping at limited too it's like that's the thought process kind of like okay so limited two is my favorite thing on earth and like it's really cute and this dog is cute so like limited two is the dog that is it yeah that is it well I have to do a plug for an amazing TV show to move on from the Kardashians to a a much warmer show. I started watching a show for anyone out there who needs a good rom-com in their life. They're few and far between. I do not want to watch Marry Me. And you know me, I'll eat any garbage Devin tells me to eat. I don't think I can watch Marry Me, but I've been watching a show. Wait, where is this coming from? What's wrong with Marry Me? Marry Me just looks like Garbaggio. Oh, my God. What? You don't like it. You do like it. I I, I don't like your attitude right now. Disrespecting J-Lo, Queen J-Lo, and her upcoming film. I love her. I do. But we can't lie and say every movie she's done has been a winner. Can't name one that's bad. Name one that's bad. Go ahead. Uh, the, the, wait, let me find it. Oh, let me find it. She's like, oh, she did one that's, um, it's actually Brazilian, so you can only see it in what Brazil. What do you expect when you're expecting second act? The boy next door. Wait, Caroline, a second act? You think it's a bad movie? Have you seen that movie? No, I haven't. Oh my God, she's spewing fucking misinformation. Second act is an incredible, incredible film. It's flawless. It's so she joyful. Spewing misinformation. You are. You're. You're just listing off movies and saying they're bad that you've never seen. Don't kick us off. Don't we? We. Um. Wait. Why are you saying we? I'm not standing with you right now. We are not a we. We are not a we. You are a you, and you are wrong, and you are lying. You're going through IMDb saying that things are bad that you've never fucking seen. I am assuming, okay? Well, you you know what assuming does? You know what assuming does? It makes an, makes ass, an of ass out of fucking you and fucking me. Because now <laughs> my name's on this podcast with you. I'm part of a community. I'm part of a community that loves J-Lo, that loves Second Act, that loves things like this. And you're saying we in the same sentence as saying that Second Act, the movie, is bad. Let alone The Boy Next Door, which is also a great movie. So I don't know what the other one was that you I said. I regret it. But just. You're upsetting my animals. Okay. You're upsetting me. I'm a human and I'm upset. Walk it back. Walk it back. I'm walking and, it back. By the way, all you're trying to do is talk positively about Starstruck. Why do you have to assault Tear marry other me? women down. You right. have to assault right. marry me on the way to respect Starstruck. Just go to the positive of Starstruck and leave marry me on its own. I'm going to. Take Devin's words mainly because she scares me, mainly because I want to move on. I'm so sorry for the misinformation. I, um, as Joe Rogan said, will do better. 
and I am going to give Marry Me a chance. Now, I do want to talk about a TV show on HBO Max called Starstruck. If you're in London, you get to watch season two. You know how jealous I am of you? Now, Starstruck is Notting Hill. It's basically a TV show of Notting Hill roles reversed. That's all you need to know. And if you don't want to watch it based on that, then I don't know what to tell you anymore. But I will say that I just want warmth. The world is dark as all hell. And all of our movies are serious. And anything that's not serious is a Marvel movie or something like that. I just need fluff. I need fluff. And that is exactly what Starstruck gave me. So I just hope, I, I want you guys to watch it for yourselves. I should do PR for this show, I swear, because I genuinely, in my heart of hearts, want people to watch it for, for their own happiness. So PR team of Starstruck, if you're out there and you're listening, I wouldn't recommend hiring Carolina because she seems to need to pull down other icons on her way to promoting your show. And I don't think you want that. I don't think that you want J-Lo fans against you. And that's what you're going to get if you hire Carolina. Also, I will say I do respect Carolina in this moment because I do think that even though Joe Rogan spews misinformation and Carolina has spewed misinformation on this podcast today, Joe Rogan does not seem open to changing his views. He doesn't listen to the other side. He sticks to his lies. Carolina has quickly walked back her lies. She has quickly committed to... Mainly because Devin has a gun to my head. I don't, but I... Metaphorically speaking. Metaphorically, yeah. So I, I don't think she's like Joe Rogan. I just want that to be clear. Well... Let's move on to the topic for today. But first, let's take a quick commercial break. I want true Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men... How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. 
tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with True Romance. We've only had one mental breakdown today. It was mine. It was mine. It was it was Devin's, but it was warranted. She does stand with JLo, as do we all. She's been through a lot. Now, Valentine's Day is it's not a hot take to say it's inherently depressing. It's like New Year's or my birthday. I get like one or two good ones in my 100 years on Earth. And I don't um, I don't have a lot of ones that I'm obsessed with. Have you had, do you have one good one that you remember? Good Valentine's Day, good Valentine's Day, good Valentine's Day. It's so weird, like not really. And I'm not just putting that on men. I've been the bad Valentine's date before. Like I had a boyfriend who was gluten intolerant, like seriously. And so I thought like for Valentine's Day, I'm going to make him gluten-free pasta. And when I say this was the worst pasta I've ever made in my life and like that both of us had ever had. It was. It just was. It was the worst pasta ever. I also broke up with a boyfriend on Valentine's Day. I've done day after Valentine's Day breakup, and it wasn't because the gift was bad, although the gift was very last minute and a wheel of cheese. <laughs> but it was. It did. The breakup did happen a few days after Valentine's Day. It's cruel, but to be fair, at least in my case, we broke up every few days, and so one of those days just happened to be a holiday. It happened right. to be Valentine's Day. Could have been Day. anything. You know. What about you? Have you ever had a good Valentine's Day? <laughs> Yeah, I had about uh, 11 good Valentine's Day. They were all when I was a child and in school (laughs) and they bring candy on Valentine's Day and I got to eat the candy. Okay, that is actually a reminder. I have had good Valentine's Days and that is when I was a senior in high school, we had a teacher that made us write Valentine's to everyone in the class and it was really, really fun. And my favorite Valentine was from my friend, a guy I had a crush on at the time, and he just wrote 67, 68 thoughts and counting concerning you. Oh, shit. <laughs> I love it that. It's really, really sweet. Um, and I told mostly every guy in the class that I wanted to marry them. Um, because I love attention. If you didn't know when you heard me talking through my podcast microphone. Wait, the guy was trying to 69 you, right? He said that, but he was not like he was one of those guys who just loved how much I loved him, which is fair. I love big. And if you're scared of that, then you can walk away right now. Just kidding. It's funny because what you're saying right now is kind of the story behind a lot of J-Lo movies, loving Mm -hmm. big and people not understanding it. And the fact that you just shit on all of J-Lo's movies is interesting. We're going to get back here. You, You listeners, you heard how quickly I was like, let's take a commercial break. Try to move on past uh the hole i dug myself into i also had a very good valentine's day and i'll give my sister credit for this my sister's very good at valentine's day for instance i was living with her and i woke up on valentine's day and she had decorated the apartment with little hearts 
Wow. And we also had been working together on a film set once and we got out that night at like 10 p.m. But she had bought a bunch of paper crafts to make Valentine's Day for all of like the main players on the set. Not just the actors, but the second AD and the PA and the sound and all these people. So we stayed up till like midnight, woke up early, finishing these crafts. And in the moment you think this is so ridiculous. We were so tired. We like regretted it as soon as we started. But the next day, everyone who thinks they're going to have a shit Valentine's Day is having so much fun. One girl was like this. I've never gotten a Valentine before. This is like the nicest thing ever. It was one of the best days of my life, really. All of these people who were just working their tails off got a nice card from us. Wow. But it was funny because there was one driver who kind of drove me crazy. And it it was funny trying to write Valentine's Days to guys without um, them thinking that we had a crush on them. Like we were very sensitive to not try to be misleading. And so I was like, what do I write to this driver? And Nora was like, Dan, you drive me wild. (laughs) I was like, not that, not that. Um, But she was really good on them. One of the drivers, she wrote, I wheelie like you, like spelled like wheels. Cute. So I, I do recommend, you know, being the one who celebrates your coworkers or um, your friends with Valentine's Day. I mean, it's it's too late for me to give advice because you blew it. It's Thursday. But in general, I think we forget about that aspect of the holiday. But we have to talk about the bad gifts because there just are so many. People have found so many ways to F up, not just Valentine's Day, but gifts in general, like we've spoken on this pod before. And Devin, you said you were watching Summer House or something like this came up. Yeah. So today we are recording before the newest episode of Summer House. The most recent one was the episode where it was Amanda Batula's 30th birthday. Keep in mind that the lead up to her 30th birthday is that her fiance stayed out till 2 a.m., didn't respond to a single one of her messages. And then when she was upset at him about it, said that she is not fun and went to a brewery um, and said that she's the one who needs therapy, even though she keeps telling him he needs it. Um, And her friends basically saw this as an opportunity to try to force her out of a relationship that they clearly think is horrible. Her parents have made her sign a contract regarding how horrible the relationship is. So this is the lead up. Okay, things are all not diamonds and rosé to keep it in the Bravo world. (laughs) After this mishap, they they film to catch everyone up who hasn't seen. They film like this horribly depressing, like actually sickening scene. It's not really an aspirational show. In Bravo, it's like you would love to see, like when we're going from Dorinda Medley's apartment to her home in the Berkshires, like it's aspirational. It's like, great, we're going to see like this beautiful home where she lives, like more about her life. When Summer House flashes to the cast members' real lives in New York, it hurts and it sickens. It is not aspirational. It's not uplifting. It's kind of like, oh, so the Summer House is the best thing they have going for them. Okay, So that is the same thing as like my third best college party of my college stint being the peak of my life. And these people are in their 30s and 40s. Okay, so basically we get this scene in Kyle and Amanda's apartment. Kyle is at like his fucking standing desk doing a Zoom. Obviously see Carl in his little Zoom window and remember that he works for Kyle and it's just sad. And then. Amanda goes into the background, loudly goes into the kitchen in a way that is akin to like me when Caroline and I have sleepovers and the next morning I want her to wake up. So I like loudly stomp around, which I've always done that sleepover move since elementary school. It's like you just loudly make noise until everybody else wakes up and you're like, oh, hey. Um, So she loudly goes into the background, like pops open a Celts in the background of his Zoom and he's like, 
and they have this talk and she just fucking hates his gut so much. The talk is him now. Like I've come to my senses. I've seen the truth, but you can tell that she's like, I don't even give a fuck about having this conversation again. Let's just pretend it's fine. And she's like, Kyle, like if, if I call off this wedding, like you're not even going to understand why. And it's like, Oh my God, it's just hell. That is a good Amanda, by the way, but continue. I know. And it's like, I get it. I've been there where you're constantly complaining about the relationship. Like if Kyle and Amanda break up, she will have the experience that I've, they will. And if slash when, and when they do, she will have the experience that I have had many times where you're in such a shitty relationship that after you break up, you're like, wait, what do I do now? Because it's all you thought about for years. All you talked about was complaining about your relationship. Every single day was a new problem in the relationship, a new thing to complain about, a new thing to talk about. Once that person's gone, you're like, oh, what do people do with their time? Like, should I go on walks? Anyway, the point being, that's the lead up. It's, it's, It's Amanda's 30th birthday. There's all this talk about a theme and they land on 90s. Very original. I can't even explain how strongly I relate to what happens to Amanda on this night. Basically, <laughs> she's so excited. It's going to be the night of her life, her 30th birthday. She's She keeps saying that she never really does it. I'm like, this is a fucking ticking time, mom. Oh, my God. She keeps repeatedly saying that she never does anything big for her birthday, but she always makes a big deal for Kyle's birthday. They're flashing back to like every... Because it's kind of funny, you and I have talked about this, like when you have a list in your head, a running list of everything you've done for your partner. Oh, and so yeah. then when they f- fuck up, you're like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> who Isn't did, this funny? Who carried the weight every single year? What did I do on your birthday? What did I do on, like for you, you fucking piece of shit? So she has that, but she has it on video. Like they're literally flashing back where she's like, okay, I'm going to surprise Kyle by renting a bunch of his favorite types of cars and surprising him with them in the driveway. I'm going to surprise Kyle by having his parents here. I'm going to surprise him by doing, she's always doing crazy things for him. And she's like, this is the one year I'm choosing to celebrate my birthday. I really hope it's everything I ever wanted. And you're like this fucking shit. Disaster lays ahead. Yeah. So first of all, she's already getting upset because she feels like people are like not like that into her birthday celebration. Wow, like, Devin Leary brand. <laughs> it's, I, I can't, could not relate more. So because I one time cried, I one time had a Halloween party and I invited a guy that I thought like was hot and he didn't come and I cried. I was in the party as a full adult on my balcony smoking a cigarette crying and my friend was like, I actually think it's going to be okay. Like all of your friends are here and I was like, stupid bitch. The devastation that has occurred here tonight is something you clearly do not have the perspective to understand. So (laughs) I related strongly when Lindsay was like as a full bone adult, like, so I actually am going to go out in a little while, like after your party, like I'm here, I got you a present, I dressed up, but I'm also going to go do another thing. Normal adult move. And Amanda's kind of like, oh, okay. And she like goes in the room and calls her mom. And she's like, yeah, it just kind of seems like everyone's doing their own thing tonight. And I was like, oh my God, this is like, it's going downhill. I got to go outsource this to mom. Yeah. Meanwhile, Luke, who is horrible, has like a really thoughtful gift. And Paige goes to Kyle. Hey, so what did you get, Amanda? And he goes, I got nothing. And I was like, Oh my God. I'm so angry for her right now. I'm so, my eyes widen. I was probably had like 18 online shopping tabs open while watching the episode, which is my normal way of being. But I closed all them tabs to zoom in on what's happening. Cause I'm like, now, wait a second. He didn't get her a single thing for her 30th birthday after everything that's happened. This bitch. 
So Paige is like, we have to go. Paige tells Lindsay. Lindsay's like, okay, we got to go in the other room. Like, this is a serious situation. They decide to, like, Kyle is so passive in all this. He's like, oh, I don't know what to do. And Paige is like, okay, didn't you? All right, all right. They're they're literally like the CIA trying to come up with a way to, like, like assassinate Osama bin Laden. And they're like, all right, all right, let's talk about this. And Paige is like, okay, so didn't you say you were going to take her on the trip to the Bahamas? And he goes, yeah, but I didn't get the tickets. And she's like, all right, so let's just do that. <laughs> she's like, we're going to do that. We're going to do that. We're going to do it quick. And they're like, they're, she's doing it for him. She's like, what's your, conf- like, what's your frequent flyer number? Like, let's do this. Oh, she orders the ticket for him. And he goes, wait a second. Do you need a passport to travel to the Bahamas? Oh, wow. I don't have one. It's expired. They have to cancel it. So this is what I'm thinking in this moment. I'm like, Paige, now you're doing the wrong thing. You need to let this man crash and burn in front of his yeah. partner so she can see the truth. She needs to see this truth. She's clearly in denial. She needs to see the truth that he didn't get her fucking shit for her 30th birthday. So then she can make a decision to leave him and not get married to him. But clearly that's not what's going to happen. Even though they said to be continued, like tune in next week to see if they like break up or not and it's like they should but they need to just let her see this she's hidden from this it's just why anyway amanda ends up crying in bed and says like none of you guys even really want to be here for my birthday and i feel like a burden and all the girls say no 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 no, no. and they what are you showing? but yeah. it's it's tbd how she reacts to finding out that kyle didn't get her anything i think she needs to see that like i don't think she needs to be shielded from that fact she's going to see it she's seen it but I'm I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I want true Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men... How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. 
tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we asked our listeners to give us their worst Valentine's Day ever. And boy, did you guys deliver. You guys have been very good to us with this question. One of them said, okay, so last year on the day before Valentine's Day, I broke my back, like fractured my L1 vertebrae. And so I was confined to my bed. It was also during COVID. No one could come and hang out at home except my roommate who worked until like six. So I guess you could say it wasn't great. You could definitely say that. Breaking your back on Valentine's Day Reminds you that the you know the world can be inherently cruel, and I I don't want anyone to forget that. That is hell, and I really feel guilty for all the times I self pitied in high school when no boys had a crush on me because I should have been just grateful that I didn't have a giant fracture in my spine. Yeah, I mean, as someone with my own medical issues, I know what it's like to be watching people party on Instagram while you're um, wearing a cast in bed, and I feel that we have one that says secret work bf brought a girlfriend in to meet his co-workers on v-day that was one that was kind of like so a you riddle. were the secret <laughs> yeah so I, that was like the riddle that i had to unfold i'm like okay so she was she had a secret boyfriend at work and then he brought a real life girlfriend to meet his coworkers. It reminds me of a an episode of Love After Lockup where a man was in prison and had two of his girlfriends uh come visit him accidentally at the same time in prison. Mm-hmm. Um this and, guy has two girlfriends. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So that is really tough. At least it was a truth that you needed to see and it's unfortunate that that truth came to light in front of every single one of your professional cohorts. On Valentine's Day. On Valentine's Day. Also, very interesting to like bring a girlfriend into work to meet your coworkers. Like it's not show and tell. So shame on him. Another woman wrote in on was trying to casually ghost a guy I had gone on a date with the week before. He texted me on Valentine's Day to ask why I hadn't texted him back. So I had to break his heart. Yeah, I mean, goes back to West Elm Caleb. Like, trust people when they ghost you. They're saying they don't want to date you. You got to let the ghosts go. I also think that this next one is kind of the polar opposite of that. Yes. Which is like a really idiotic ghosting that I'm kind of obsessed with because this listener writes in, I had a first date with a guy and when he realized it was Valentine's Day, he backed out. I told him I thought we were just getting drinks casually and it just happened to land on V-Day. Nope, straight ghosted as if I wanted to date him. This is why every narrative about women in relationships is so skewed because 
it's like, oh, women, oh, it's Valentine's Day. She's going to want some kind of like thing that girls want, like some kind of like romance. She's going to be obsessed with me just because it's valent. Like, it's like so warped. And it's like, wait, but you're the one who's obsessed with it. She just wants to casually get drinks with you. And you're turning into a whole thing because Valentine's Day apparently means so much to you. So maybe something's wrong with you. It's like the same thing about having these experiences where men react horribly and over dramatically to breakups. But the story the whole time we were growing up that we were sold was like, Women are not so Klingons, like do not deal like you can. You have to ghost women because they're so scary when you try to break up with them. Like this is that same thing where it's like he thinks she's going to make too much of a big deal about Valentine's Day. So he cancels the entire thing over it. Dude, you're the one making it a big deal. She doesn't even care about it. She just wants to get drinks. It makes me think of all the sitcoms we watched as kids or not all of them, but it was all about how scared men were of women getting upset at them about certain things like this. When in reality, I've been in relationships where I'm really scared of the men's reaction to things. Yep. Like I'm actually the low key one for the most part. This is just like how I'm always actually the cool one who is right. And men are always actually wrong. I think if anyone has discovered anything from listening to 60 plus hours of me on True Romance, they know it's that I'm low key when it comes to relationships. That was sarcastic. Okay, someone wrote in, my ex cheated on me on Valentine's Day with a 20 years older woman. And then (laughs) he said he thinks he loves her because they had the most meaningful conversations for five hours. And he feels he's ready to be a stepdad to her children. In parentheses, he was 23. Love. I mean, in a way, I'm I'm not saying there's there doesn't have to be a silver lining to the story, but aren't you glad she was 20 years older, not 20 years younger? Like, at least mix it up a little bit. I mean, if she was 20 years younger, it sounds like she could have been in the three years old range, and that would be a whole other issue. Um, yeah. But aren't but, you glad? But <laughs> that I wasn't glad. the case. <laughs> no, and also it's like I kind of respect this, even though I obviously take the listener side because I love our listeners. But like, I kind of respect that he was like, I just met this woman. I had a five-hour conversation with her. I want to raise her I'm children be a dad. now. <laughs> I am raising her family. Goodbye. Like, I'm kind of in awe of that move. But it is a truly historic Valentine's Day experience that I feel like you could go into 90% of parties. And when someone says that they had a bad Valentine's Day, you could be like, all right, everybody, take a seat and get your popcorn out because you're about to hear a story. I did find out once that the guy I was dating liked older women. And I asked who like was his type of older woman that he was into. And he said Catherine Keener and Meryl Streep. And I thought that was really hot. Yeah, I was like, I'm absolutely okay with that. That is so cool that you like are. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Another listener wrote in my BF at the time bought me the most pitiful flowers. And when I turned the vase around, it said friends forever. (laughs) (laughs) He literally grabbed the last available flowers. Total douche. I mean, I love that there was even a bouquet of flowers that said friends (laughs) forever. I want to get it for you, Carol. I think that like someone at the like grocery store was just fucking with like people who are last minute uh, shopping for flowers and was like, well, this one's going to say friends forever. There is a phenomenon that happens where like if if you have the type of partner, which I can assume we've probably all been down this road, who buys their Valentine's gift at CVS, Dwayne Reed or Rite Aid, we all tend to frequent pretty much one neighborhood Rite Aid, Dwayne Reed, like pharmacy. 
And there is that very specific experience where you go in all the time and you, or I guess maybe me because I'm on so many meds that I always have to go. But you do notice like the one, I remember one year it was like this animatronic dog with a heart, which you can say I was a little bit interested in, but it was left on the aisles over and over again. Like no one was buying it. And then close to Valentine's Day, probably like the day before, I saw one guy who looked totally exhausted, just like carrying the animatronic dog under one arm. And I was like, he did it. And I was like, if she frequents this right age, she is gonna know. Just so you know, she's gonna know. It's hard to miss. It's truly like the equivalent of when my ex got a anniversary card that said Mohegan Sun on it while we were oh, staying at the Mohegan Sun. So cruel. You know, it's just sometimes it doesn't take much to just know that someone put zero effort in. One of the favorite write-ins was someone who said, mentally unstable boyfriend gifted me a sheet of kooky sock stickers he found on the sidewalk to were missing. <laughs> Two missing is the best ender to that. <laughs> Two missing. Too missing. It's literally like it's a haiku for the ages. It's like it's starting in a darkness and then it's going a little bit. Oops, okay, kooky. And then you're like, oh, too missing. It makes you think about the impermanence of life, you know? It sure does. Yeah. And the impermanence of relationships and how we're all a little unstable and thinking on uh, the top of your feet isn't always a good thing. We all have a missing kooky sock in us, <laughs> you know? Sorry, missing cookie socks sticker. They weren't even actually full-blown socks. They were a sticker of socks. They were a sticker of socks. Too missing. Oh, I mean, and this is so vanilla, but I think that she can see now, and I think she knows that she is one of the lucky ones. She says, the one where my husband didn't cook me breakfast, so naturally Valentine's Day was ruined. We taught all day because I assumed he didn't plan anything. Heart-shaped pancakes mean a lot to me, obviously. I mean... You're married to a teacher. No, I think she meant to say fought all day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so your husband's an educator? <laughs> Stop you're complaining. Gonna, you're going to brag about your amazing husband who teaches children? <laughs> oh, okay. So he is an academic. He's a scholar. <laughs> Listeners, I'm so happy that you made it through Valentine's Day. I mean, it was a Monday. It was just another manic Monday, to be honest. And as Devin put it, we all are spiritually Pam from the episode of The Office where she's waiting for Roy to send her a Valentine's Day gift, even though she told him not to. Best content ever. And Phyllis is getting gift after gift after gift. So relatable. And then what did he say then? He's like, I'll like have sex with you later. That's I'll your give gift. You the, what about if I give you the best sex of your life tonight Jeez. Uh, <laughs> men are so awful i do think there is something novel in asking for what you specifically need we put so much emphasis on the surprise and our friend hannah told me like just ask what you want and be very clear about it so i asked for a card and a flower because you just want to know you're loved you just want you know you're special you just want to know someone is thinking about you and how much they love you so I, I ask for a card because the, I want a literal message. Mm -hmm. But I do love because I, I do think about this stuff. And I remember once for a boyfriend, I got him um, like a beautiful glass that I knew he would like. And but I got brought it to him first thing in the morning on Valentine's Day in bed. I was like, look what I got you for Valentine's Day. I didn't wrap it. Sorry. And I could tell like fear shot through his face because I knew that he was going to go shopping day of. And so he just goes, your gift comes later. <laughs> I was like, I bet it does. 
Great improv there. And he got um, me a bouquet of flowers, which was nice. But I, but I was like, my gift comes later. My big my surprise. gift comes later. Flowers. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, it's funny because I am definitely the queen of like, let's just not do gifts. Like it's fine. And then of I'm like, course. so I happened to find like this historic rare copy of the first book you ever read as a child or something like that. And yeah, like, exactly. And then I'm like, so I guess you're the asshole. And they're like, I never asked to be put in this torturous position. So. I'm forcing myself to go smaller. Yeah. Well, this was our Valentine's Day episode. We are so grateful for those who wrote in. We are going to have more listeners' questions because this was so much fun. And thank you for sharing your horror stories. And to the stinker who brought his girlfriend in when he had a girlfriend at work, you stink. You smell like ass. So (laughs) I hope you're happy. (laughs) I hope you're happy. I just know, by the way, this is why I've never done improv, because I just know for a fact that I would just every other word be like, ass, butt, fart, (laughs) shit. And they'd be like, okay, this isn't kindergarten. You have to go. We will catch you next week on True Romance. Devin, happy Valentine's Day. I love you. Love you, Carol. with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. right.